Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets perseverance. Thank you all for tuning in to the Aim Towards the Target podcast. I'm currently covering a series entitled God, Me, and the Dissertation. This podcast series is an encouraging resource for individuals working on a major research project. In this series, I will provide encouragement along with some personal situations I went through while working on my dissertation. Really, the whole doctoral experience. I'm doing this to encourage those who are in a similar battle. And it can be very lonely during the dissertation or graduate school phase. Well, to be honest, any level of promotion, one is a lone ranger. But God is with us. But I'm talking about dealing with people primarily. And when God promotes us, it's more than just a title. It's more than just a position. It's more than just an assignment. There are so many elements and storms within storms going on when one is trying to complete a goal. When you aim to achieve any goal, it takes perseverance. And since I'm talking about school, in order for a person to learn course material, they have to be able to apply what they've learned so when they graduate, they can apply those skills in the workplace, the workforce, or even in their personal life. Even if they're volunteering, they can apply this. Going to class is essential. Doing homework is necessary. Completing major papers and projects seems to be a significant requirement for a person's overall grade. Paying tuition is foundational. Handling your life, the storms within storms, that's a challenge, but all of those things are vital to the entire academic and professional experience. All of it takes or requires perseverance. You might not know this, but there are some individuals who really think that they can go to school, they can go to work, and not do anything while they reap all these benefits and rewards associated with commitment. And I've seen it through all of my years of college, graduate school, professional school, undergrad, and I've seen it on the other side as a professor in each level. Doesn't matter if I'm in the student seat or I was in the student seat and if I'm in the professor seat. I've seen students come to class when they wanted to, and that was only a few times. I've seen them, some students, not every student, copy and paste assignments, plagiarize, cheat, get a few Fs, look like they don't care, but when it's time to get their overall final grade, they are receiving what they've sown. They are reaping what they've sown. Since it doesn't look like the fruit that they want to consume based off of what they did and what they had the control to contribute towards their academic experience, these individuals, they get so angry. They are enraged. And I don't care if it's graduate school, 
undergraduate professional school, they get mad. They are going off on the professor. They are telling the professor what they should have did and what the professor could have done for them to pass, even though they did not exhibit any type of responsibility towards their overall grade. And sometimes they don't even wait till the end of the class. They want to start telling the professor as the class is developing from the very first date of class towards the midterm. They start just throwing out these little seeds of, I can't do, and I had to go, and all of that. And they're not the only people who had to do something. The people who are committed had to do something too. But they persevered through, and they understood their priorities, and they got things done. But I've experienced it on both sides as the student and the professor where individuals are telling or the classmate because I wasn't the student primarily doing this, but I've heard it as a peer, as a classmate, other classmates telling the professor what they had to do, everything they had going on. It was always an excuse. They were always presenting problems. They were telling the professor where they had to go, who they had to meet, telling the professor... I mean, I was busy. We had a family reunion. I just had to attend. I had this cruise I had to go to. I couldn't come to class for the first six weeks because I needed some me time. Some me time. I didn't think we were doing all of that. You know, it was just the first six weeks of school. I mean, y'all really had papers due? Y'all really did that? Oh, I just didn't know. I mean, I'm so glad you didn't drop me. They complain about the textbook. Oh, we have to get a textbook for this class. I mean, can you take my assignment? I mean, what I feel like doing it. Can I just pay for graduation and not go to class? I mean, I have money. I mean, I can make it happen. Those are just a few examples of what I've heard in the classroom from both sides, sitting in the student seat and the professor seat. Now, to be totally honest, I've heard more statements like that in graduate school and in professional school. When I heard people speak so casually to instructors, telling them what they had to do, the cruises they had to go to, I'm sitting there like, did you just say that? And then they would tell the professor, this is what I'm going to do, accept it. (laughs) I was just shocked. And these professors, they were seasoned. They didn't make time for excuses, but they didn't go back and forth with students either. And there were professors like, oh, oh, okay. So you have a family reunion. Okay, what side of the family? Okay, where y'all traveling? Are you going down that way? All right, girl, be safe now. Students will leave, go to the family reunion, the cruise, the show, come back and have a straight up F. And when they got that F, as I just stated previously, they were angry. They were cursing out the teacher, yelling in the hallways, trying to get at the teacher. And the teacher just didn't care. They've already dealt with characters like that. Professors know which students are serious. They are looking at the students who are exhibiting perseverance. You just know. I know. I remember my very first class when I was working on my master's. There were about 10 people enrolled in that particular course. 
It was a summer course. The class was from 5 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. The professor walked in. She introduces herself. I introduced myself. And I was the only person in the class on the first day. The professor was saying how several students were enrolled, but they aren't here. And I was thinking, okay, cool. You know, it's 5 o'clock. We introduced ourselves. I'm going to be out of here in about, you know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes tops because it's just me. So I'm texting people, calling them, telling them I'll be out of class soon. I'll be there. I'll call you. I'll text you back. Okay, cool. No, that did not happen. This woman taught me in that class for three hours straight. That was a wake-up call. I said, these people are not playing. This woman took the whole time teaching material, and she just went on. Do y'all know I was the only person in that class? It was a four-week course. For two weeks straight, this woman was teaching me alone. I start to understand real quick, this lady doesn't care about what's going on with other students. She's focused on the student who is persevering, who is serious about this course. It was just me and this teacher in this big classroom, and I didn't have any breaks either. There was no, okay, taking a bathroom break. Nah, we sat in there, and I had to answer every question. She was talking to me. I couldn't make it look like, you know, I was looking for something. She'd call my name, okay, Miss Bryant, what do you think? And I was like, man, oh, um... Yeah, so I'd answered the questions, and it was a dialogue between us. It was... Like we were just having a conversation. Matter of fact, it wasn't like we were having a conversation, but she was teaching and facilitating information. Now, the third week comes. People start coming to class. It was like three students who came in class. They sat down. And I was thinking, oh, they're in the wrong class. But the professor comes in, and she starts giving them information. And I guess when they came in, they thought, okay, we're going to have... um meet and greet, we're going to introduce ourselves, the teacher's going to introduce things to us. That lady did not waste any time with them. She continued on with the lesson that me and her were going over for the past two weeks. And I remember a student raised her hand, and she was like, yeah, hey, how you doing? Um, I'm enrolled in this class. I just started, you know, today because I had so much stuff going on. And I was at work, and I was waiting for the semester to close at my job because I just couldn't travel back and forth because it was too late. I mean, I was doing stuff, so I couldn't come. So what are we working on? When I say the professor looked at that girl really crazy, she just looked at her, and she continued on with the lesson. And I was looking like, oh, I'm glad I was here. But this lady did not care about what those individuals had to do. She only cared about what she needed to do to help us get to the next level. She wasn't there for the excuses. And if you think about it, as I mentioned earlier or touched on earlier, everybody has something to do. Everybody has somewhere to be. Everybody has somewhere to go. But presenting that as if it's just priority for everybody. Everybody's supposed to look like, oh, you have something going on? We're going to yield to you. It doesn't work like that. Nobody cares. Nobody cares to see grown people complain. Nobody. 
And these individuals who walked in this class, these were not young students. They weren't 18 years old, 19 years old. This was a professional graduate program. So you're talking about some, I was the youngest one in there, but these individuals were in their 40s, 50s, 60s at the time telling an instructor who was older than them what they had to do and she did not care and I don't blame her because she was going according to her timeline I was going according to my timeline we couldn't go back if it was a four-week course trying to catch people up to speed and they told you that they didn't want to come because of traffic and they had stuff going on and they were tired can't entertain things like that. It's not even worth entertaining. That was in the master's program. Now, let me go ahead and jump to the doctorate program. I had one professor tell one lady in class something that really ticked this lady off. I was laughing, <laughs> but I understood what he meant when he told this student what he told her. And mind you, the lady did not come to class all of the time. She did not show up. So she goes to the teacher and says, yeah, I'm not going to be here next Saturday because this was a Saturday course. Saturday courses were about four to five hours long. So it was best you brought your breakfast and your lunch <laughs> or you ate breakfast and went to lunch right after. Yeah, those, those classes were something very serious but she goes to the teacher and she says yeah I'm not going to be here next Saturday and the Saturday after that because an aunt of mine died and we're traveling so I'm just not going to be here and the teacher looked at her with a straight face and said yeah you can't go to everybody's funeral that lady was so mad but I understood what he was really saying. He wasn't disrespecting the woman who died. He wasn't disrespecting her aunt. He wasn't disrespecting their relationship. But I think he gauged off of how she performed and how she talked about certain things that she was only using that as an excuse to go somewhere and to say she had been somewhere. And he told her, just because things are going on, you have responsibilities too. You have to persevere through storms, too, as a student, as a professional, as an individual working on any goal. There will be a lot of distractions, a lot of obstacles, a lot of storms, a lot of challenges, a lot of setbacks and turning points that all take place while you're working towards your goal of success. But what will you persevere through? And for those working on a major project, a major research assignment, how will you persevere through things? There will be some things that seem major that you know you don't need to go to because there are some people who use anything as an excuse to get out of something. They didn't understand that the goal that they were working towards required so much. They were focused on a title, on an office, on the money but didn't factor in the responsibilities and the cost associated with it. Now, going back to a research project, a research assignment, a dissertation, group work, those research assignments and projects that a program requires you to fulfill in your curriculum, 
those projects are supposed to showcase what you've learned in your courses. I want to focus on the dissertation. All through my doctorate coursework, I learned a discipline. That was education. Curriculum instruction specializing in higher education success. In that program, I learned what my discipline was all about. How that discipline affects so many individuals. Doesn't matter what level of school one is in. Curriculum and instruction and education has so many levels to it. So I learned that. I learned what the discipline was about, how the discipline affects people. I learned about antecedents and consequences. I learned about conceptual frameworks and how all of that ties into my discipline of study. I learned about the many facets of research. What is qualitative research? What is quantitative research? I learned about statistics. I learned how to read data, charts, graphs, how to make proper connections and proper samples. I learned how to collect data properly and so much more. But all of that was learned in the courses that I took. So when it was time to write my research and to develop my dissertation topic, I had to put everything I learned in class to work on my own. That is why if one is not persevering through the lessons, persevering going to class, and the perceived menial task, things that look like, oh my gosh, this is boring, I do this every week, I can't stand doing this. You have to persevere or one has to persevere through that because it's in the perseverance where individuals are learning, they're developing, and they're becoming academically sound. They are building their academic or their intellectual muscles to do what they need to do. If they don't persevere, and if one does not persevere through anything regarding the task that they are supposed to complete, they will not be ready for the promotion and the next step. And the promotion doesn't feel glamorous sometimes when you get it. It requires more hard work to sustain it and maintain it. So now you have more perseverance that you have to invest, more dedication that you have to invest, and more focus. So for me, the dissertation taught me so many things about myself. Just this one research assignment taught me so much. It taught me about myself, taught me about other people and how they operate and their motives of success. And there are a lot of people who say they want to be promoted. They want to go to the next level. But when they are granted the opportunity to get to the next level, they don't want to persevere. It doesn't stop when we reach the top. There's always another level to climb towards. Always. That's why I understood what that professor told that student saying she can't go to everyone's funeral. It probably came out harsh, but what I gathered was there are going to be a lot of dead things appear around you while you're climbing to the top of what you're praying to God for. You are on the track or a person is on the track of success. They're aiming towards the target. They can't get caught up with dead things. I am not disrespecting this lady. I'm not disrespecting her aunt. I'm using an example. 
okay? As you're working towards getting a promotion or as one is working towards getting their promotion, there's some relationships that might die. There are some old habits that might die. As it relates to the relationships, it could be some people who you thought or a person thought they would go with them to this next journey, but those individuals can't handle what you're persevering through. So that's what I'm saying. Some things might die. Some old habits might die. Some old ways of thinking might die. Some old conversations might die. Some old desires might die. Some old motives and plans might die. Now, when those things die, will you or will that person just stop climbing and aiming towards their targets? To go take time to memorialize things that are not conducive to their life anymore? Don't get it confused. I'm not saying that one shouldn't pay respects to those they care for and care about. My aim is to express that there are some things that you will know about when you talk to the Lord about it and pray to God about it on what he wants you to press through and not pick up. Just because people are inviting you to it, you don't have to go. Just because they're passing out invitations, it doesn't mean that you need to RSVP. There are a lot of things you will need to exercise perseverance in. Now, jumping back to the dissertation and the research project, I had to persevere through what I had going on personally, what I had going on professionally, what I had going on academically. Just like so many of you have to persevere. I had to persevere with professors and classmates. And I bet some of y'all are thinking, why did you have to persevere with dealing with your classmates and colleagues if this was an individual research assignment? Well, let me go ahead and tell you. And this will serve as the foundation to some of the issues I went through during the dissertation phase as a whole. So once you get this, you'll be like, oh, okay. But it's not unique because a lot of people go through this in families, in work-related scenarios, in group assignments, teamwork. But this is what was going on. The program I went through, it was set up for you to take the courses you need to take on your degree plan, your timeline. And after you take those courses, you have to pass a comprehensive exam. This exam served as one of the gatekeepers to see if an individual would move forward in the doctoral program. A doctoral candidate had three times to pass this exam. If they did not pass it, they were out of the program. If you pass within those three times, a doctoral candidate could go through to the research dissertation phase. Now, once the doctoral candidate got to the dissertation phase, they had to find a chair. This would have been a professor who would oversee one's dissertation research, making sure it was going in the right direction. This chair, in my case, would select other members on the committee to also advise through the doctoral candidate's research project. And then the doctoral candidate would go through a series of steps in completing research where they had to do presentations in front of colleagues, professors, committee members, 
and they had to present at conferences. When a person was successful in their research endeavors, they would make edits and then they'd be on the track to graduation. So that's what I had to do. I passed the test, I find a chair, I asked my chair if he would accept me and work with me. He told me yes, he would. So then he selected other committee members to advise me on my dissertation. So they were a part of my dissertation committee. So I had to answer to my chair and five other people. Okay, that's how it went down. So that's how the journey went. I sought out my committee chair. He let me know that he would be sending me an outline on how things would go. My goal was to hurry up and ask this professor of mine to be my chair because a professor could only chair so many dissertations at a time. So the goal was to pick who you wanted so they could have time to see if they could select you to work with. That's how it went. But the professor I asked, he agreed, and I was like, cool. So within a few days later, I received an email stating the times he wanted to meet with me, and he was very detailed. Every class I had with him prior to asking him to be my dissertation chair, every course syllabus he developed was about 150 to 200 pages long. So when I got the email, when it was time to work on the dissertation phase, the syllabus he provided was just as long. So I was used to it. Now, on the syllabus, as I was going through it, reading it, I saw some other students' names on it. So I was confused because I'm thinking, okay, I asked you to be my chair. Why do I see this set up like a classroom setting? It was just supposed to be me and him meeting with one another. So I'm going through the syllabus, as I said, and I see the date, the time, and the location I'm supposed to meet with him on this first encounter or whatever for this dissertation phase. I go to the meeting and people start walking in. And it was eight students in there. And these are people who I had classes with. So I was familiar with who they were. And everybody walked in and they was, oh, hello. You know, I wonder how this is going to be set up. And I'm looking like, why are y'all in here? They could have been saying the same thing about me, but I didn't care. The professor walks in and he lets us know that he's setting up our dissertation phase with him like a cohort where all eight of us will meet with him every other week, but we'll meet with him individually every week. And I'm sitting there like, why are we doing this? But the goal he had set up, he was trying to provide a support system as he went or as we went through the process. And if you think about it, it was kind of easier for him to do because the goal of individuals in graduate school is to develop relationships where people are working together, not only in the academic setting, but in the professional setting too. So he was just setting things up networking-wise. So when he presented that idea, it's like, man, you 
have to go along with what he's saying because by now it was too late to go find a different dissertation chair. If you did, you would have set yourself back. I mean, it was only good to do if there was really a conflict, a problem. But now I'm in this cohort. The teacher was trying to set up peer editing and all of this and that and camaraderie, but it was a complete treacherous mess, which I will go into detail about later. But when he presented it to us, it seemed like a great idea. Because you're thinking, okay, I'm about to work on my dissertation. I had this support system, but it was a complete trip. What I learned and experienced is that everybody doesn't have the same academic motives and tenacity and perseverance that you have, or you might have. You might want to go to school to further your education to help people. And some people, just like everything else, they are doing things in life just to get a title. And they don't care how they have to get it. They don't care who they have to lie to, who they have or want to deceive, who they want to manipulate. They just want that title. They want to mollywop people with that title. They want to shove that title in people's face. They want to shove that title down people's throats. They want to abuse people with it and get away with wrongdoing it. Now, not everybody's doing that, but there are some people who do that, and it's just not in the academic setting. It's in any profession. Anything could be for a volunteer position. Anything. Now, anybody who has a real relationship with God, they know you can have a title all day long, and that still doesn't mean that it serves as a license to disrespect people and put it up as something to be worshipped because God can take that title all the way away at any point in time. Now, I endured a whole bunch (laughs) in school, and I was thinking, I mean, we're going to class. Some of the stuff that I'm going through with y'all and with people, this is absolutely unnecessary. It's crazy. I'm thinking... Go to class, do your homework, and go home. Just like it was kindergarten, professional school. Same concept, same thing applies. More work, more effort. Go to class, do your work, get it done, go home. Next step. But no, it was too much going on. Too much. And these were professionals. These were people who... They already had titles working on this new title. These were professionals. Okay, I was in the professional sector at that time, too. I had been a professor at that time for four years. Other people were principals. There were other professors in there, too. Other people had different titles in school districts and all types of positions, but... Some people's motives, not everybody, but some people's motives were all the way wrong. And the higher the promotion, I understand that there are more challenges that one has to endure because it's worth more. And not a lot of people have acquired the very promotional target that you or I'm seeking. But the aim of this episode is to introduce the trials and the setbacks I went through, letting you know that it was not easy. But even before I started my academic journey, my mind was made up to finish 
my mind was made up to persevere through. My mind was made up that no matter what happened, I was going to exercise perseverance. I had things happen ranging from people literally stealing my research, something I never gave to them. They plagiarized it and tried to pass it off as their own. And this was in their cohort. Okay, I'm going to go into detail with it as the episodes progress, but this is just a snippet. I had somebody try to pass off my work as their own. They were going to committee members trying to paint a negative picture of me so the committee members could view me in one light while they manipulated them to do what they wanted to do. I had situations where people in this cohort were going to the committee chair. They were upset with him because he was helping me out and they didn't want him talking to me. Can you just dismiss her? We think she's going to graduate before us and we think you're going to help her. And they were giving this man ultimatums and I'll share them with you. But before all of that happened, just like I told you, before I entered the battle, before I entered the storm, before I entered the trial, before I entered the valley, I made up in my mind that I'm going to finish. I am going to persevere. And some of the things I went through, it was just crazy. But it prepared me for other things in life. And just because you have class with people, I'm pretty sure you already know this. These people aren't your buddies and your friends. Now, they can develop into and something can form where y'all have a relationship or friendship, whatever it is. But you are in or a student is in a classroom with the whole lot of different personalities and people having different game plans that they are following. Some people are on the track towards graduation or some people are on the track to tear some things up and manipulate and just exhibit wickedness and evil. Some people are treacherous sharks at school, in class. You already know they're at work. They're at the job. They're in families. We know that. But they're even in training programs. They're there. And they won't only do their classmates dirty, they'll do their professors dirty. I witnessed that, where students were so, some were so focused on this level of success, this title, that they were doing some things that you would think, oh my goodness, this is so bad. This is so bad. And it happens. And they were doing it because they were prideful. They were selfish. They were greedy. They were jealous. And they allowed Satan to use that as an inroad in their life. And they were doing all kinds of dastardly deeds. They were so hungry for it. They even tried to have some secretaries fired, professors fired. It wasn't because the professors and the secretaries were doing things that were wrong and went outside of academic codes and policies and requirements. No, it was because they didn't get their way and things were not moving fast enough for them. People looked like they were threats to their success. 
and they weren't even doing what they needed to do to succeed. They weren't persevering through. They didn't like responsibility and being held accountable. So they just want to kill, destroy, steal, mess up everything in sight because they were focused on, I guess they was focused on their Shakespeare head too. Who knows? But what I do know is that they were prideful and they were wicked. They were treacherous. Some of them. And this happens a lot. People know it happens on the job. People know it happens in families. But when a person is accepted into that university or that program, they're not thinking about the very things that they probably encountered on their job. They're going to encounter that in class. In class. It happens. It's serious. Getting any form of degree, certification, training, or any goal that one is pursuing is not for the weak. It's a strategic voyage. Now, as you work on your research, your project, your dissertation, your program, whatever it is, your group assignment, remember that perseverance is a vital key to have, along with asking God to give you the strength, give you strategy, and the stick-withness to get through. And the scripture I would like to leave you with is Luke the 8th chapter in the second part of the 42nd verse 2 or through the 46th verse. And I encourage you to read Luke the 8th chapter in the 40th through the 56th verse in its entirety. Okay, but this is the passage of scripture that I want to share with you. And here it is. While he was going... The crowds were nearly crushing him. A woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years who had spent all she had on doctors and yet could not be healed by any approached from behind and touched the end of his robe. Instantly, her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming you in and pressing against you. Someone did touch me, said Jesus. I know that power has gone out from me. Listening to that scripture, it's very encouraging. What's going on is a woman was going through something that was difficult for her. But when she saw the one who could change her life and get her on the right path, she exercised perseverance. She didn't allow what the crowd was doing to stop her. Now, she saw people trying to get to another level of promotion in their life. She saw people trying to bogard Jesus' space. She saw people trying to knock people down to get what they wanted. She saw it. She witnessed it. She was in the midst of it. And scripture lets us know that people were hemming Jesus in, pressing against him. They wanted this promotion. They wanted the title. It was heavy. But this woman in scripture, she was seeking a promotion too. She was seeking a promotion in her health status and her status in society. And she wanted to make sure to seek Jesus before she did anything. She persevered through the crowd. She persevered through her doubts. She persevered through her fears. 
she persevered through her personal circumstances and she reached Jesus. Jesus was on the forefront of her mind regarding what she was persevering and working towards. Her life did change. She was promoted, but she persevered through. And this is encouragement for anyone seeking to achieve any targeted aim they put their minds to that honors God, of course. Okay? The first thing we want to do, we want to persevere towards Christ to get to our goals. The second thing we want to aim to do, we want to persevere despite the people pressing against us. The third thing we want to aim to do is persevere in our purpose even when the crowd is trying to hem you in and distract you from what you need to be doing. Let God's word encourage you and remind you to persevere through no matter what's going on. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Visit drkenitrabryant.com to download God, Me, and the Dissertation. On this site, you can order inspirational apparel. And you have the option to connect with me on Instagram at aim towards the target and at college underscore success tips. Enjoy your day. Feel free to share this series with somebody. But thanks for including me in your day. Peace and God bless.